Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating or review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And make Locked On Leafs uh, your first listen of the day. Put it as part of your daily listening routine as we do have new podcasts coming out each day. Uh, or at least I tried to. I know this week was uh, it was a hectic week for me. It's been a hectic week for the world, really. Um, COVID is running amok right now uh, with everybody, and uh, hopefully everyone's staying safe. I know I'm I'm doing my best to stay safe. Uh, hopefully everyone else can as well. Um, and, and as a result, uh, no game tonight. The Leafs and Flames were expected to play in Calgary. That was canceled a couple of days ago. Um, but yeah, so due to COVID protocols and the Flames, I don't know if you guys heard or if you if if uh, yeah I don't know if you guys heard, but they had like seventeen players or seventeen team personnel members get placed on COVID yesterday. That was in addition in addition to the multiple players placed on the night the day before. I think there's like seven guys who were placed on the day before, and then three more placed into protocol today. So. Yeah, it's not looking good uh, out in Calgary. I'm not exactly sure the next time we'll be able to see them. Originally, this was supposed to be their final postponed game. They extended it yesterday. They will not play Saturday either. They're expected to play uh, Columbus. So that's a few games that are going to be postponed, and we're seeing postponements kind of pop up a little more often. Uh, But we're also seeing some teams in case of what's going on tonight. I think I read that the Carolina Hurricanes going to play two guys short, just 16 skaters, because based on COVID protocols um, and the fact that there is no wiggle room on cap flexibility or roster flexibility or whatnot, they can't bring anybody up to play. It's 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 just it's insane to me that they haven't changed those rules yet. To be honest, I'll get into this a little bit more. A um, couple other things that we're going to touch on uh, today is is whether or not you know COVID is this last little bout of COVID, this this big Omicron variant spread that we see going on in the world right now, but running through sports and through the NHL. Um, is this the final nail in the coffin for the NHLers' hopes at the Olympics? I, I think it is. We've heard from a number of of players that also now share some concerns about uh, about going to the Olympics. And this was just when they heard about what if they test positive while they're there. Now, with the spreading, the rate at which this is spreading, it's almost likely for someone to test positive once they get there. And this becomes a much bigger problem. Um, and then also a little bit of a discussion about the World Junior Championships, which will be starting up uh, on Boxing Day. Next week, uh, we're going to have some people join us to kind of break down and tee up the the tournament, so I'm excited for that. Always, always love the World Juniors. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, it always, obviously, happens throughout through the Christmas and New Year holidays, so we get a, it's a good chance to sit down with the family, watch some hockey, and watch uh, the, the next stars of tomorrow play, and uh, I, I just, I know it's a, a fan favorite tournament, and everyone loves it, but let's get back 
back to uh, let's get back into this whole COVID situation and, and tonight's game uh, specifically, and then we'll branch out league wide. But uh, so the Leafs and Flames were expected to play tonight. Obviously, uh, not going to due to postponement. And I, I don't know about you guys, but this kind of makes the week feel blah for me. Um, I don't know if it's just because of what's been going on worldwide that makes it feel that way, but you know, for some reason, the fact that there was supposed to be a game here today and there's not, my week feels longer. Like, I sit here on Thursday morning and I'm like, today feels long. It's felt like a long week and I don't know why that is and it's specifically, I feel because there's no game tonight where there should be. It feels like there's just this weird hole tonight and it's just, I don't know, It's it's strange, but it kind of got me thinking a little bit. Health concerns aside, obviously this is under awful circumstances. Uh, the good thing is that a majority of these cases seem to be asymptomatic. And, uh, you know, no. so far from reports I've read and heard, um, no one has any major symptoms or anything like that. So it doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, too hurtful for, for the Flames and the players and their health. But COVID concerns aside, this may be a bit of a blessing in disguise for the Maple Leafs in a weirdly, you know, sick and sadistic way. Coming at it for like a silver lining standpoint, I suppose, from a Toronto perspective. Like this is a team that's played a lot of hockey. They've played more games than anyone else in the NHL, right? They've, they've played 30 games now um, and, and they've played a lot and, and in a lot of different time zones and they've done a lot of traveling of late. And you could tell that they were just kind of beaten down, battered and just tired, fatigued. You could just tell based on the way that they've been playing. Now they played a lot better in Edmonton. They, they seem to have kind of picked their game up a little bit in Edmonton, but that you know, we don't know if that's a one-off or if if they got their legs back. Who knows? But there's a lot of injuries. They're a little banged up as well. Um, and, and I just feel that having tonight's game get postponed just gives them that extra rest, the extra rest that they've longed, that they've wanted. Like, keep in mind, when they were in LA, they didn't have any off days, no off days. So the fact that uh, the fact that they were able to take some time and not have to go through a grueling game day process, play a game and get an opportunity to rest up. Um, Jack Campbell, who's been tested a lot this season, you know, he gets to rest up. He's only got a couple more games left, you know, on the season. He hasn't played too many. It's, it's a good chance for his body to recuperate and the rest of the team. And hopefully this means that, you know, coming out of the, the Christmas holidays, because then we got what, two more games until or three more games until the Christmas holidays. Like there's a good, you know, there's only five more games left in the in the 2021 season. Only five more games, and that was dating back to to yesterday. So from December 15th until through the year, there's only five games. So that's a lot of rest and a lot a big good opportunity for this team to kind of get their legs back a little bit, heal up those wounds. Jason Spetz's Spetz, uh suspension should be coming up rather shortly. Um, actually, I'm, I'm, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's today his hearing with Gary Bettman um, in the arbitrator. I believe it's today to see if it's going to get shortened at all. But uh, if not, we'll see what happens. But the suspension actually the postponement means that the suspension goes a game longer too, if you, if you think about it as well. But I I I I think that this ultimately 
there's some benefits to this game being canceled for Toronto uh, at the end of the day. That's, that's, that's the point that I'm trying to get across here. So it's not all doom and gloom. Um, obviously, we hope the best for anybody who, who is in COVID protocols and those especially um, who, are, are, who have tested positive to them and their family members, then that nobody you know, nothing bad happens and that these are mainly asymptomatic cases. Hopefully it stays that way and there's no long-term health effects to any of this. But again, from a a bit of a silver lining perspective, um, this gives the the Maple Leafs just a couple extra more days to rest up um, and, and just, you know, rid themselves of that fatigue look that they've given out on the ice the last couple of weeks here as they've gone into a little bit of a struggle with some injuries, some, some you know, the Spezza suspension. Marner's been out. Dermott was out for a little bit. He's back now. Mikheyev's finally getting his legs under him. Now he'll get some full practicing in. You know, so I, I think that this is really good. Sandine, obviously, as well. Another guy who's played really, really well up until uh, getting injured. So um, I, I think that this is good good for the Maple Leafs, um, you know, and, and clearly this was something that the league had to do with the Flames. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and when I get back, I'm actually going to be joined by Dave Morsuti. Uh, you know, he's been on the show a whole bunch of times. You know him from Sportsnet, the NHLPA. So we'll join him, and I'll get his thoughts on what the NHL is doing in the the COVID protocols and and if he thinks that uh, that they should do a little bit more, like are just the protocols enough? I, I don't think they are. I've got some words and some thoughts on this, and we'll get into all that when we return here on Locked On Lease. But first, a word from our show sponsors. Let me tell you guys about Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind. Daily fantasy sports platform where it's you Versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are four times better. Why? Because... You don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your own fate. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero, head to head, is what daily fantasy should be one on one. Uh, sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash hockey. Use the promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash hockey. Use the promo code hockey for a 100% match at stathero.com slash hockey. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back into Locked On Lease. Mike DiStefano, the host of this show. Just a reminder that we are a daily Maple Leafs podcast. You can listen to it wherever you find your podcast. And uh, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Lease to make us part of your daily listening routine. Uh, as promised, be enjoyed now by a good friend of the show, Dave Morissuti. Dave, what's up, pal? Just uh, trying to get through the, the COVID uh, blizzard happening right now, man. Oh, boy. I know. It's it's insane. You got this new Omicron variant going around, uh, Omicron variant going around, and seems to not only be sweeping the, the whole world, I mean, obviously, but the, the sports world and the NHL, uh, we're seeing numbers just balloon like we've never seen before in the league. A uh, couple, of, couple of teams obviously getting hit real bad. We're seeing postponements start to rack up more than we were 
in the past. Uh, lots and lots to discuss here uh, as we go through it. Um, I, I forgot to actually mention in the last segment, and I probably should get your thoughts on this one, but the Ontario government uh, now indicating that uh, starting on Saturday, December 18th, the capacity limits for all venues will be uh, venues that have a thousand plus people in them, that is, uh, will be limited to just 50% capacity. And yeah, that includes the Scotiabank Arena. So starting this Saturday, and the Leafs' next home game isn't until uh, next Thursday against the Blues. But Dave, that's the next gen game, and that's always a fantastic game. But unfortunately, only 50% of capacity. That means 50% of the people who are stoked to go to that game, excited to go to that game, aren't going to be able to go. Yeah, especially because this is the time where the kids get off school. You know, it's been a it's been a tough year. If you have anyone that's in schools right now, you know, it's it hasn't been an easy return for them. So you know, this was something for them to get to look forward to the hall you know this is always the best time of the year getting away from school you can do you know do things you don't get to do during the day maybe go watch some movies hang out with your friends at the mall and oh yeah this this one's kills because i looked at the schedule too and i said two o'clock start i said oh it's right the next gen game and and the next gen game is always the one i feel like have has one of the better atmospheres because you got a lot of kids there they're all excited I mean, those games have usually been the best games if you've oh, ever watched. Wild, especially the ones against Carolina. Like they're always so high scoring, high flying. They're always fun, and like St. Louis is a good, good team, great team. Like this is a good matchup. Uh, Toronto, St. Louis. You know, this is one that I'm sure people are really excited about. And now, I mean, I, I don't even know how they're going to go about this. How do you just tell half of the people, "Sorry, you didn't make the cut"? I've been actually trying to figure this out. Um, I, I have a friend who's a season ticket holder. Um, as of now, he hasn't heard anything yet from MLSC. Interesting. So I'm a, they're, they're like, well, I know that the Ottawa senators, cause they're in the same boat too, right? The, the Sens, yeah. I believe sent out a notice, uh, to all their season ticket holders and said, you will be, uh, the first people like we will honor all season tickets. And then from there, they will open up to you know single game tickets and whoever else but the the season ticket holders will be able to go the problem in toronto is i mean there's i mean i don't know this for a fact but it seems like a lot of the toronto tickets are season ticket holders like is there more than 50 percent going to be given to season ticket holders yeah that yeah i i I do think a, a good amount of those tickets are season ticket holders so um, somebody brought up the idea of a lottery system where it's kind of randomized on who gets to go. Um, which, uh, I mean, it, you're, there's no perfect way to dealing with this. Whenever you have to make the tough decision on telling some, a portion of the people, yes. And a portion of the people, no, you're not winning the situation. So, um, yeah, it's going to be tough. I know that, um, in the past, like the Montreal Canadiens, when the restrictions were first happening, they told fans, all right, a certain section of you will be given the, the priority to get tickets for this block of games, and then the next will get the next block of games. Hmm. Then again, how do you tell if, well, what if somebody really wants to go at, go to the next-gen game, and they do not necessarily want to go to the games the following week? Like, there's, 
it, it's a tough situation. I mean, I, I understand why they're doing the restrictions. I know that people are, you know, they're, you know, the vaccinated crowd have done everything they can to make it so they can go to games and that's being taken away from them. It's unfortunate, but when you're seeing how things are going, especially with the players and, and teams dealing with the situation, it's, uh, it's tough to have a, a full building and not only a full building, but now a full building that's going to have even stricter, well, we'll see stricter protocols when it comes to wearing masks and stuff. Yeah, and uh, I know you, you've been to a couple of sporting events, and, and if I'm you were there against the, the Blackhawks this weekend, were you not? You were, you were in, the, in attendance? No, I wasn't there for the Blackhawks. I went for the Lightning. Lightning uh, game. The Lightning game and the Sharks game. And how many people in that building were maskless? Like, because the rule technically, are you not supposed to have your mask on at all times unless you're eating or drinking? I'm pretty sure that, that is the rule. That is the rule. And how many it, people would you say? Give me a percentage of people who followed that rule. Uh I, you know what? I will say, and maybe this is even generous on my part, I was going to say 40%. You think 40%? Based on what I'm seeing when I see shots on TV or I'm seeing photo stills, this looks more like 4 to 5% of the people who are following that to a T. I'll say this photos. The chance of you wearing a mask when you're taking a selfie at the game is pretty no, much no, 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 no. I mean, like, like if there's a a, but, a photo of Austin Matthews ripping down oh, the ice, I like see. stills of people in the background, like people along the glass, and they're just maskless, or they're doing, you know, they do crowd shots. They're not wearing their mask during these crowd shots. They also don't have a beer in mm-hmm. hand, and they don't have any food in their lap either. It's just this mask off. I, I, I now I will say there are a fair bunch that are wearing it. But yeah, maybe, okay, maybe I'll I'll revise and say twenty percent because that it's more, hard. Yeah, it's hard to gauge. But I, I will say this: yes, there are people who have become very careless, and the reason for this is, how do you get an usher to tell a whole section, yeah. like they're in charge of that whole section, to say put your mask on? Like they have like their signs that they put up. And they kind of trying to shame you into putting your mask on. Like, look for me, I'm wearing my mask. I, like whenever I'm at and, and especially in a crowded area, I'm making sure I'm having my mask on. Um, but yeah, there, there are certainly people who they, they, they under, they know how to, I don't want to say cheat the system, but they know for a fact that you're in such a big crowd. You're not going to, they're not going to single one person out of a big crowd. Maybe they try to make an example out of one and the rest try to follow. But no, when you have a crowded arena like that, you're just not going to be able to enforce the mask policy yeah well there's going to be some more restrictions and some more policies that will definitely be put into place um because according to, to tsn reporter investigative reporter rick westhead the 50 percent capacity is just the bare minimum that they uh that they had to do and and odds are we'll see some more uh more rollbacks on uh, on what's been going on when it comes to fans in the stands there's been talk about possibly incorporating a bubble for the back half um we'll we'll get into we'll get into all this and more when we return but first let's take a break and hear from one of today's show sponsors 
Got beard? Get primal. You heard me right. Got beard? Get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who's never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils make bombs, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feeling beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. The combo kits make for a great holiday gift and if you're shopping for yourself you'll be glad you did because i know when i'll be getting my dad for christmas this year he's got a beard that goes kind of all wonky all over the place get i'm gonna get him some primal beard oils and make that a nice silky smooth and i know my mom is definitely going to thank me for getting that gift for my dad so maybe you should think about it as well or for your significant other we know that every company claims to have the best but primal origin oils challenge you to compare their ingredients and the feel and beard to the other products you've used we promise you will and will see and feel a difference Remember the code locked on gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. Use the code locked on at checkout for 20% off. All right, welcome back to Locked on Lease. Mike DiStefano, the host of the show. And just a reminder, you can download it wherever you get your podcast and get uh, episodes directly to your phone each and every day, Monday to Friday, uh, and make us part of your daily routine. Make us your first listen of the day. Uh, being joined once again by Dave Morissuti uh, of Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA, and uh, you know we we just talking about. It's tough not to talk about COVID. Like that's I don't want to sit here and chat about COVID for twenty five minutes, but unfortunately that's what's going on in the world right now. And just like everyone, we have to. To adapt to it we have to talk about it because look at the end of the day um it's it's what's happening and it's what we're seeing and the nhl is you know they're kind of adapting on the fly they're they're, they're tightening and, and kind of rolling back some covid protocols it, it, pretty much what we saw happen last year is uh the protocols they're, that they're putting into place through i believe i saw it was january 7th or january 9th Early January, January 7th. Yeah, yeah, January seventh. So you know that's no more team dinners out on the road. Uh, probably gonna do some more testing, some daily testing. Um, so tons of more protocols that are going to be implemented, and like this should stop this spread. But I, I think there's more that the NHL needs to do in terms of the on ice product. Like yes, stopping the spread, um, especially within teams, the way that it's happening right now. You look at look at Carolina, look at Nashville, you look at at uh, 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 Calgary, obviously. You know, and there's there's a few other teams out there that you're seeing the spread happen throughout the team. But and with this happening rather, so it kind of intertwines. We're seeing a game tonight between the Carolina Hurricanes and the Detroit Red Wings where Carolina has to play two guys short. They're playing with 16 skaters tonight, Dave. And this is because they don't they don't have the cap space or they don't have the roster space to bring up people. They don't have this taxi squad that we had a year ago. And I don't know why. Uh, the NHL has, and maybe behind closed doors, these conversations are happening. So, you know, maybe maybe I should phrase it that way. Maybe I should ask you it in this way. Would the NHL be stupid not to bring the taxi squad back for the rest of the year? I think they would be. Uh, I'm When I see teams that I have to dress, I mean, the Florida Panthers might be in a similar situation right? as well tonight. Yeah. They've got four or five guys in COVID protocols too. And like, because here's the problem. They're in COVID protocol. We saw this happen earlier with the Leafs. Remember, we had to bring in uh, that that goalie from UFT, 
right? Because they had a couple of guys in COVID protocol, but they didn't have the cap space or roster space to call people up. So they had to go without a backup goalie. And, and they got some random e-bug to sit and be their legitimate number two for the night. And now we're seeing – you can't do that for forwards, obviously. So now we're seeing these teams, and they don't have the roster space, they don't have the cap flexibility and, and, and other constraints to do this. Yeah, I, I like I thought the I thought the taxi squad was such a great idea for what the NHL was trying to do. And then they're like, Oh, you know, we're not gonna do it this year. And I'm just like, Well, COVID's still a thing. I don't understand why the NHL thought that they wouldn't need something like that, you know, going into this season. And you know, now now you're seeing what's happening. You're seeing that the NHL doesn't want to postpone games. Okay, well, if you don't want to postpone games, you have to give teams the ability to to have some sort of flexibility. Now, I'm not saying you need to have you don't want to have to have guys that are making five, six million dollars on the taxi squad, but reserve you know five AHL bodies, guys that are not making a lot, so you don't have to worry about the salary cap situation about it. But yeah, th- this is um, I think the NHL along with the protocols for that teams and players have to follow i think if i'm a, if i'm some if a, a gm or an executive i gotta tell the nhl that you know we can't keep playing shorthand and i think the nhlpa will also get involved in saying look we can't have guys playing this shorthand because it does lead to injuries it does yep. lead to fatigue it's you just you can't at some point this is i think gonna have to be something that the players i mean nick cousins has already come out and said you know, it's ridiculous that we haven't postponed games or even taken a break while all this is happening. So players are already and you're going to see, I think, more players start to speak out a bit more if this is going to become the norm. I'm pretty sure I saw earlier today that he is now out tonight yep. as well. Yeah, that was about an hour ago that he was added. Yeah, so he's protocols. been added to the COVID protocol. So another body out for the Nashville Predators, it's just it's it is kind of I understand it. Like I, 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 this conversation does get discussed and brought up because it happened once before, right? Should the NHL take a pause through the Christmas break in order to kind of you know combat things and and try and make sure that you know no more players end up getting exposed as much as possible, right? But even to, to to suggest that, we don't know what these guys are going to do in their time off. Are they legitimately going to isolate and not go anywhere for two weeks over the Christmas holidays? Let's be honest. It's unlikely. Yeah. Like, you and I also have that opportunity to just isolate and not go anywhere. Dude, you and I both have Italian families. You damn well know that we're getting together on Christmas. Like, it's just Christmas Eve, even because, you know, Italians. Like, you know that it's going to happen throughout the holidays. You're going to see your family. So, who knows? If, if you shut things down for two weeks and then hope, okay, in a couple of weeks we'll, we'll get back to it, it could be even a worse situation by then. So, I, I think I, I understand the NHL. Just kind of fight through it, keep trucking along, and adapt as you go on the fly. But one of the adaptations that I think they do need to incorporate is this taxi squad to at least try and mitigate some of these issues that are arising as we get copious amounts of, of these players entering protocol every day. 
Yeah, no, I, you know what? It's, it's, uh, it's such a tough thing to try to tell a league, look, you're going to have to shut things down because there's a lot of work to be involved. And I think really, oh, if you're the NHL, too. Right now, like, that's, that's, yeah. we always know, and, and look, people don't want to always say it, but that's legitimately the reason, right? You have how that's much money business. you would have to it's refund. A business. It's, you know, businesses here, you know, we just heard the Ontario Darces. They do not want to close businesses. They know what the impact that has on people. They just don't want to do that. So, yeah, what do you have to do? You have to learn how to adapt to the situation. I think testing going up could help. I think, you know, maybe the players, because they feel they're vaccinated, maybe they're not, you know, adhering strictly to the protocols or they're loosening the protocols a little bit too much. So I think you got to try everything you can to adapt to the situation before you go into the nuclear option. Um, and I, yeah, so I think we'll see how the next few weeks go. I think, I mean, look, look, if you're the Calgary flames, you just had 17 players. I think it's now 18 players that are on the COVID list. Um, how many of them are positive? We're not entirely sure. Mo- probably most of them are. They're not going to get it again for a little bit, at least. Yeah. So, and if they're, if the symptoms are not too bad, like if the symptoms are quite mild, as we've been, uh, you know, seen if as we have seen over this last little while, then you've kind of you're, you've kind of gone over a, t- a tough stretch, but maybe you have kind of weathered the storm enough that it won't be too much of an issue down the road when it really, really matters. If there's one other angle that we can if that we can take this whole COVID issue and and you know what impacts that it could have on the NHL. Um, and NHLers, it's that uh, I, I think this last week, what we've seen occur, uh, I think is is the final nail in the coffin with the NHLers to the Olympics talk. I, I you know, I was like basically 88% sure that it wasn't happening. But after what we saw happen with Calgary um, and, and now what's happening with, with Nashville and with Carolina, uh, I'm... <sighs> We'll leave it open at like a one percent chance that it goes to the Olympics, but I think it's all but but said and done. The NHL is probably not going. I think what the best thing that the that can happen right now. Look, if there is a player that really wants to go, really wants to take that risk, you let you give them that option. But I think it's, it's I mean it's going to have to come from the NHLPA. It's going to have to come from the players to decide. Uh, I think a lot of them will likely opt out before a final decision is made because God knows nobody wants to get stuck in, uh, for in a three to five week quarantine if they test positive. And as you just mentioned, you're seeing all the positive cases throughout the NHL. Like, I don't know if a player, how a player could feel that they're, you know, feel confident they won't test positive. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how you take that risk. There's a lot of players I think right now, It'd be nice to play for Canada. It'd be nice to play for the States. There are some players that will get that other opportunity if four years down the road, the NHL is back at the Olympics again. So maybe you, you, you this is where you need to kind of think, what's more important, playing in the Olympics right now, potentially harm your NHL season, which likely will happen now, especially how, you know, I, the more you're hearing the players talk about the Olympics, the more I think you're hearing them not really want yeah. to go. And I think it's the right call. I, I just think like, how many people are going to really enjoy the Olympics if not if it's not going to be to the level that we've expected it to be because players are just not 
you know, players, there won't be as many players there. Yeah, we're, we're hearing so much pause from from a lot of different players. Uh, you know, Robin Leonard was kind of the first to publicly come out and say, like, I've decided not to go uh, based on everything that was going on and for his mental health himself. And then we heard Alex Petrangelo say once the protocols kind of became noted that it could be a three to five week uh, quarantine if you happen to test positive and just the threat of that maybe happening. And now with the variant, the way that it's spreading, it's almost like likely that it could happen. Um, you know, he's got young kids. Right. Like he's got he's I think he says he's got three kids under the age of four or four kids under the age of three. One of those two. And it's just being away from his family for that long. He, he doesn't know if he wants to do that, even even risk that. And, you know, Austin Matthews touched on it. He said the same thing. Tavares said the same thing. Um, even Connor McDavid said that now it's you know, he's definitely going to have to think about it a little bit more. Uh, and he's not even someone who has a family. And, and he's still thinking about that just so I, I think it's it's pretty well kind of done. I, I, I'm I'm almost ready to say that they're not going. And not only the NHLers, but like, Dave, do you think that we'll see a number of athletes opt to not go based on the quarantine risk? Like, I, I don't think this really has anything to do with the fact that it's going to disrupt the NHL season anymore. I don't think the players, I mean, some may care. I'm not saying they don't care, but I think this is strictly the, the fear of the quarantine possibility as opposed to anything else and that's going to be a problem for any and all athletes who go like i'm not even i don't know if 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 like canada should feel comfortable sending any athletes let alone just the nhlers yeah i still think i mean we we got kind of have to look back at uh, tokyo and how athletes kind of took it upon themselves well, to, hold to on, hold, but 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 what was going on this past summer when it there was no like Tokyo, but remember Tokyo was in a you know they were they were in like a state of emergency during yeah. that time. Like there, remember a lot of these athletes pushed to even get families to come with them when Tokyo wasn't even allowing families mm-hmm. into uh, the Olympics. Like they had to try to get the protocols changed. So I feel like you know athletes. Here's the difference between Olympic athletes, like those who don't, per, like let's say hockey per se. This is their thing once every four years. This is their moment. Right. They take on it such a different mindset than an NHL player who, yeah, they would love to be at the Olympics to represent their country, but they still get their NHL season. They still have something, you know, their norm, their, I always call it their main job. So I think the mentality is a little bit different, but I think you will see, you know, maybe the younger athletes that, you know what, it's just not worth the risk for me. But I think certain athletes who have worked really hard and maybe this is their last kick at the can to do something are going to are going to they'll take the risk as long as it's uh, the Olympics are given the green light. Yeah, I I mean, they're they're, I'd be surprised if they canceled it, but. You know, I think the the two glaring differences between what happened this past summer and what's going on now is a Japan and China, two totally different places, two totally different sets of rules, two totally different governing bodies, and you have to think about those consequences as well. But then also, you know, there may have been a situation going on in in Japan and in Tokyo where they were having a little bit of a, a, a state of emergency. But worldwide, the cases weren't really rapidly spreading, whereas now they are. And it's all coming to one big place. 
and there's a strong possibility that whoever goes over there tests, and then they don't even get to compete, and they got to quarantine. I don't know. I, I think I'm with you. I think there's going to be a lot of athletes who, if it's their last kick at the can, they say, whatever, I'm, I'm doing this. This is kind of my final chance, my final shot. It would make sense. But, you know, for some younger players, I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if, if they kind of pull out some younger, like, alpine skiers or something. I even wonder, like, with the with the women's national team, like, how many of them are going to think twice about going to the Olympics due to this? And, and you know, someone like Marie Philippe Plan, perhaps she's going to want to go because it could be, you know, one of her last chances to win Olympic gold. But what about someone like, uh, you know, a young player like uh, Deu or, or one of the other younger players, Sarah Fillier or, or something like that, you know, who knows that there's a long career ahead of them. Maybe they think twice. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, 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 Curious to see how this all plays out with the Olympics in general. Like NHLers aside, I think that this Olympics is going to be different and may not be a a compilation of the world's best athletes like it typically is. No, I think you know it's going to be it's going to be vastly different. And um, I mean, we already know that in case that if the Canadian men's team doesn't go, it's likely the team that comprises like Spangler Cup. Yeah hopefuls like it's going to look vastly different so the thing is is this that we could be talking about this for at least another month and maybe that's maybe the players are just going to say hey let's let's see what where things are in a month and we'll re- we'll rethink our strategy then absolutely uh dave before i let you go let's have one quick chat uh what's what's the time looking like uh we have maybe three minutes to get your thoughts on this just because i teed it up and and i thought we were going to get to some world junior talk but we ended up uh well kind of getting carried away with with all the COVID and and, and olympic conversations and whatnot uh but uh a, a positive story in the hockey world not necessarily the nhl or the Leafs world was 16 year old connor bedard making team canada's world junior team um are you expecting for this guy to to like what do you ex- what are your expectations for him we we don't typically see 16 year olds make the team and when they do they don't really make a massive impact but what are you expecting uh, out of connor bedard I really want to see him shine because I think, yes, he's 16 years old, but there aren't many. He's an exceptional player for a reason. There aren't many like him in the world. And you have him on the same team as Shane, right? Like, I don't know when the last time Canada had two potential number one overall picks, you know, potentially back-to-back in uh, consecutive drafts projected on the same roster like this. I think, yeah, I, I really want to see Bedard get his chance. I think he's going to play his way into that opportunity. He did when he made the roster. I think he scored like six points in two games in the showcase that they had. Like, no doubt he's he's earned the spot. I just hope that it's not one of those situations where the coaching staff is like, ah, he's 16, we got to yeah. be careful with him. No one in the a, in the WHL, if you've watched him, he's, he's, he's clearing above atop the competition there, like, I want to see him thrive. I want to see this is, I think where team Canada has struggled a bit is they have, they've kind of pulled the reins on them. I mm. want them to let these guys loose and show what they could do. Oh, especially like if, if anybody didn't watch the the games that they played against the, the U sports all-stars, the Canadian university uh, all-stars, he was dominant. 
dominant, and that's against, like, men, right? And that's the biggest issue. It's like, oh, a 16-year-old, this is a 19-year-old tournament. You know, they're physically stronger. They're more prepared than a 16-year-old would be, so let's not put them in that situation. But these university players are, like, 21, 22, 23. Some are as old as 24, 25 years old. I know. I used to call call OUA hockey when I was at Western, and there was a lot of mid 20-year-olds on these teams. They go after they're done their overage year at like 22 years old when they start. So count four years on top of that. And he stacked up against the best of them, looked like the best player in those games, realistically. Like he forced his way onto that team. Um, And I hope he forces his way into a prominent role with Team Canada because this is a special Special talents. We're going to actually have um, Tony Ferrari and I think Scott Wheeler also going to join us next week. And you know those guys. I mean, they, they've been oh, dialed perfect in. Perfect guys to have. Oh, they've yeah. been dialed into this stuff. I think Scott was actually out in Calgary for all of this. So he had uh, like a, a literal firsthand view of uh, of Connor Bedard and, and all the players. So uh, really excited to, to get them on the pod. But uh, all, as always, excited to chat with you as well, Dave. But that's going to conclude the show for us here today. But once again, really appreciate you joining for the chat. Thanks for having me. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today in the pod. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Uh, I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. And... Uh, well, we'll we'll, we'll kind of tee up the weekend. They got back-to-backs against Vancouver and Seattle, and there's probably going to be some more COVID chatter, uh, one would assume. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.